0: Alright guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn your Bibles to John. The Gospel of John. We're in the 16th chapter. The Gospel of John, the 16th chapter. And so kind of let me kind of guide you through what we're doing here, okay? So, oh a while back we decided to go through the Gospel of John. And and going through a gospel, you can approach it many different ways. Our approach in going through the gospel is, is we want to meet Jesus. We want to get to know him better. I'm I'm reading a book right now where the author is saying that if you took everything that you know about Jesus, it would be like the tip of an iceberg. You understand when you think about an iceberg, it's sitting in the water, you see what's visible. There's a whole lot more that is not seen beneath the surface of the water. And so if you think about all that you know about Jesus, what you've been taught through the years in Sunday school and church, what you've read on your own, what you've read in the Bible, to be honest with you, that is um, hardly anything. You know, so I look at myself. So I became a believer in 1985. Freshman engineering student in April of 1985 gave my heart to Jesus. I still hardly know him and I know a lot but I hardly know him. And so that's that's what we've been doing we've been going through this gospel getting to know him and as we've been working our way through and we're we're being introduced to this awesome figure Jesus but we're also being introduced to ourselves and how people react to him. So here we are we're we're in this third section of John chapter 14 through 17 where He's going to, he's leaving. We know he's going to leave because right after this he's going to be taken and crucified, raised from the dead, goes to be with the Father. And and he wants to prepare his disciples for what's ahead. He wants to help them how to, he wants to help them to know how to function in this world without him. So that's very relevant to you and I, right? He wants you and I, as they were supposed to know, how do you function in a world without Jesus. And so he takes a major portion of the gospel, which is about 25% of the gospel, to communicate some powerful truths that are very relevant. So one of the things he keeps emphasizing in this section is that we need to love each other. That means we've got to be there for each other. The other thing he keeps telling us, he's going to tell us again in this passage, is that people aren't going to like you because you know me. And then he's going to tell you about, I'm sending you a helper. And that's what we're going to focus on today. The work of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing, okay? Because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that, that, that really is a, a topic that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, okay? Uncomfortable to the point that sometimes we don't even talk about it in our churches. In some churches, they talk about it a lot, and, and the emphasis is, is that there's a lot of misinformation out there, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, like when you take a section that we're going to look at today, Jesus tells you a lot that you may not be aware of. The Holy Spirit is not just an experience. I know some folks like to focus on that. There's a whole lot more there going on with the Holy Spirit than an experience. I've never had an experience. But I know I've seen his work in my life and seen his guidance in my life and I've seen him do the things that Jesus is going to talk about here he's relevant he's necessary he's working right now in our congregation as we are meeting here this morning what do you mean as you sing as we pray as we as you listen though you hear the spirit speaking to you pointing out things to you directing you what is all that that's the work of the spirit we're going to see it here in a moment and, and, and this is what he's wanting you to understand. You've got to get to know the one who replaced Jesus while he's away. Because that's what he said. I'm sending you another parakletos, another advocate, another helper, another comforter, another counselor. Whatever word you want to choose. He's sending someone else who's going to come alongside of you. And it's all for our preparation. And that's what he's going to focus on here, especially when we look at these verses. We're going to look at verses 1 to 15 of chapter 16. So hopefully, we're going to see what he's doing, why he's doing it. We're going to see the preparation that he's doing in our lives, in their lives and in our lives. And then we're going to see what our advantage is. See, it's to your advantage, in fact, he even says that. It's to your advantage that he's gone away. Why? Why? the Holy Spirit so look with me here's what John writes these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble they will put you out of the synagogues yes the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service and these things they will do to you because they have not known the father nor me But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they did not believe in me. Of righteousness, Because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going Again, I've already mentioned, we're going to take this and divide it into two sections. We're going to talk about our preparation. He is preparing them, he's preparing us, we're understanding how life is right now because listen to this this is this is the thing that bothers me I I look I mean everybody recognizes our culture is changing in fact the cultural change is changing quicker than we like some of that has to do with technology some of that has to do with other things before, because social change didn't take place that quickly. It does now in our age. And that just bothers people. And, and I hear sometimes, I read the publications, I listen to Christian radio and so forth, I hear people getting so freaked out about what's happening. It's almost like God's not on the throne. Why is this happening? They're, they're like totally unprepared. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm telling you before it happens this is going to happen. He was preparing us for this. And and so let's remind ourselves, when did he say this? 2,000 years ago. So don't be shocked. So we're going to talk about his preparation and then we're going to talk about you and I have an advantage. Which we ignore. And sometimes we ignore it because we don't know about the advantage. He's telling us, you and I have an advantage for life right now. So let's look at it together. So first of all, look with me, our preparation. Here's what he says. Verse 1, I think it's a very important statement that he says, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble, So here's what he's saying. Jesus wants us to be aware so that we will not stumble. So remember I told you that right now people are looking at everything and they are like all freaked out. They're like, oh, this is the end of Christianity. I am sick of people saying this is the end of Christianity. Folks, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock that he was speaking of wasn't Peter, it was himself. Christianity will continue to exist, period. You know that. I know that. How do I know that? We got a book called Revelation. You know who wins in the end, right? Put your faith there. Quit listening to mumbo jumbo. And that's what it is. Listen to me. He's telling you this so that you don't stumble. What does that word stumble here? Does that mean fall into sin? Well, yeah, it could mean that. It means getting freaked out. Being thrown for a loop. Because all of a sudden things aren't the way you want them to be. And let's be honest. I'm old enough now that I realize life ain't the same. We don't do the same thing. You know, 1976 was a great year when I was 10 years old. But if you notice, we still don't do the same things that we did when we were 10 years old, right? We have colored TVs now. I remember having a black and white. You know what I'm saying? Life moves on. So don't get freaked out. He wants us to be aware so that we're not made to stumble. So what is he saying here? He's going to explain to you what's going on right now, okay? What's going on? It's been going on since Jesus left. It continues to go on. It will go on to the time when Jesus will come back. Here's what it is, number two. Look with me at verse two and four. Here's what he says. They will put you out of the synagogues. So he's writing to Jewish readers they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told them to, of you. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Here's what he says. Because of ignorance, the world thinks that rejecting you is the right thing. What ignorance? They don't know God. And they don't know Jesus. Do you understand? By not knowing God and Jesus, they think that it's actually a good thing to what? Reject you reject your faith and it's and and here's you understand Jesus knows from the beginning the reason why they do it is because they don't get it and they can't get it why because when you come to faith you get a new what a new mind a new understanding people who don't know Jesus don't have an understanding so guess what they're naturally not going to accept what you're saying. So, you know what, I've listened to the news, you know, I told you I'm a news junkie, and sometimes I listen to interviews. And I remember listening to a guy, he he's, uh, was some kind of lawyer, and he said, I've read the entire Bible, it made no sense to him. And so I'm listening to that, and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a pretty accurate statement. I wasn't offended by what he said. Why? Because if you don't know Christ, it doesn't make sense. So therefore, he what? Rejected. And he goes so far, Jesus goes so far and says, they'll even kill you thinking that they're doing God a favor by getting rid of you. Now this is what he said how long ago? Why did he say that? So that you don't get freaked out. This is normal. Here's here's the next thing he says. Jesus points out that they did not understand his departure from them look at verses five and six so now he's talking about the disciples they didn't understand why he had to leave I meet people today why, why can't Jesus just be with us here's what he says but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask where are going because I have said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart He's saying, so it's like people don't have a clue or understanding about the way things are set up by me. It's like you don't really understand why I can't be here right now, why you are struggling. I, you know, here's the thing, I, I, I know that I get frustrated. Here's what I get frustrated with sometimes, and this comes out of my prayer, so I'll just be vulnerable with you you know, I'm, 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 I'm walking, I'm doing what he says, and sometimes I get so frustrated, I'm like, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you showing up? Why aren't you? Because, Lord, times are tough right now in my life. This is going wrong. I want this to be changed. I want this to... Where are you? You ever get that way? I get that way all the time. Can I tell you that's Natural. And, I, I, and sometimes I don't understand why you left, Lord. It would have been so much better if Jesus was here. Would everybody agree with that? It would be so much better if Jesus was here, right? But he's saying, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I want you to be prepared. You can't handle, you can't understand my departure, but I've got to send somebody to help you. So that's where we get into the advantage. So here's what he says. He starts out answering my question. Why? Here's what he says. It's like Jesus knew my question or your question. Look at what he says. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. Now, I remember as a kid hearing that when my parents were getting ready to whoop me. I didn't like that statement. Did you? I didn't. But they were trying to communicate a greater truth. That the unpleasantness that I was going to experience had to take place so that I could experience something even better. And that's that's what he's talking about here, is that Jesus is not here with us. I'm telling you, life's not going to be easy. People aren't going to be happy about what you believe. And... You need to be aware so that you're not freaking out, you're not stumbling, you're not thrown for a loop, but it's all for your advantage. It's all for you. What's all for me? Well, let's take a look at it. We're going to look at five things here. First of all, it's to our advantage that Jesus went away so that the Helper can come. It's to our advantage. That Jesus is away. Why? So that the helper can come. Now let me give you a practical understanding of that. So if Jesus were here. Here's the reality. Jesus in his physical body. Let's say he was hanging out with us right now. Okay. He's right here. Oh man we're with Jesus. Oh isn't that awesome. I get to hear him. I get to touch him. I get to sense his love. Yeah Jesus you're right here. Okay so our service ends. We get in our vehicles and we depart to whatever part of the county we're from. But Jesus can't go with all of us, right? Hopefully Jesus will go with me. Nah, George, he's going to go with me. Okay, well let's say he does go with you. He's with you, he's not with me, right? There's a limitation there. It's to our advantage that he goes away. Why? Because when the Spirit comes, the Spirit inhabits who, folks? All of us who are believers in Christ. So that when we leave this place, yes, we are here in the Spirit. But when we leave this place, who are we with when we leave this place? We're still in the Spirit. It's to our advantage that the Helper comes. So that the Helper will be with each and every one of us. No matter where you are whether you recognize that he's there or not and let's be honest a lot of times we get so busy with life and get so overwhelmed by what's happening we don't recognize it but the reality is is he's always with us right he's always there So it's to our advantage that the Helper has come. So here's what the Spirit's going to do. So this is what the work of the Spirit. The Spirit does a whole lot more than what some people say as far as just giving you some kind of experience. The Spirit's role is so much more than that. Here's what it is. Look with me at verses 8 through 11. Here's what he says. And when he has come... He will convict the world. Now, we understand the word convict because we, we understand, okay, I feel convicted about doing something wrong. Well, that word is also translated convince. It's not just convict. He will convince the world. What will he convince the world of? Three things here, he says. He will convict or convince the world of sin, of righteousness, And of judgment. And so he wants to explain what those three are. Sin, because they do not believe in me. What is that? He will convict the world of unbelief. Of unbelief. Here's what he says. We're convinced the world of unbelief. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. The reality of the supremacy of Christ. That righteousness. His righteousness. And of judgment. Why? Because the ruler of this world is judged. What is that? The judgment that will come in the end. That's his role. So, so what are we seeing here? Is that the spirit will convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's not you folks. It's not you. So I have people that I love, that I care for, that don't know Jesus and I try to talk with them. I have friends that I interact with and have coffee with that don't know Jesus and I try to share with them about Christ. Here is one thing that I don't do. I don't, after I used to do this when I was younger, I used to say, man, I really messed up. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, God, why do you even bother using me because I'm not sharing the right things? No, listen to me. If I only knew what so-and-so knew, or if I only said it about what this guy said. No, no. I'm not the one who convinces. Who convinces people? The Spirit. The Spirit is the one who convinces. So it's to my advantage that he comes and and it's to my advantage because he's the one who convinces people. Here's what else he does. Look with me. Verse 12 to 13. Jesus says this. I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. Okay, hold on. Do you realize that? Would everybody agree that that Jesus knows everything? Well, of course he would. He's God. He's saying to them, i got many things for you yet to know yet, but you can't handle them. So that kind of tells me there's a limit to what each of us can handle at a point. Does everybody agree with that? So there's a limit to what God shares with us. And you know, as I think about it, okay, so I got saved in 85. Here it is, 19... Uh, not 19, 2022. I like the last century better, sorry. Uh, so here we are, we're in 2022, and uh, as I think about it, what I knew then, I couldn't handle what I know now. As a 20 year old coming to Christ and learning, What I know now about Jesus as he's brought me through the experiences, as I've seen him and he's shown me truth from his word, I couldn't handle it back then. I handle it now because he's brought me through life and who has taught me? The Spirit has taught me. That's, That's what he's saying here. He's saying here, look with me, I'm going away, look with me. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. Here's what I want you to see. The Spirit will guide us into all truth. It's the Spirit who gives you the understanding Yes, it is great that we have a system set up so that you can be taught by somebody like me or others like me on the radio or TV or whatever. But I'm going to be helping you to understand something. Your understanding isn't because of the type of communicator that I am. Your understanding is because of the Spirit who gives you understanding as you listen. and guide you into truth. Let me give you an example of this. Okay, so, 1995, there was a men's movement in North America called Promise Keepers. Everybody remember Promise Keepers? If some of you weren't born or just born in 95, you have no clue. But all, those of us who have, were stopping around a little bit, how many remember Promise Keepers? It used to be these men events in in uh, stadiums, so I remember going to a Promise Keepers in uh, Three Rivers Stadium. That's a yeah. What's Three Rivers? That's where the Steelers used to play. Okay. Or I remember going up to Buffalo to that, and then going to the Carrier Dome in Syracuse and and different places for these for these conferences. And so when I was pastoring in Canada. I took a group of men from our little church in Angus, and uh, we drove down to uh, to Buffalo. Was it Buffalo? No, I think we went to Syracuse. We, we drove down to Syracuse, rented one hotel room. <laughs> we were cheap. We rented one. We got six guys piled in one hotel room. We're sleeping on the floor. You know, I mean, whatever. So, okay, so we went to this conference and. And it was a great conference, and we drove back to Ontario and went back. And two weeks later, a guy from the trip says, Hey, George, can we have coffee? And I said, Okay, yeah, let's let's have coffee. So I had coffee with him, and he said, You know, I really enjoyed that conference. Uh, God told me I needed to do something. Well, what did he tell you to do? He told me to go back to my ex-wife and apologize. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking. I got a pretty good memory at that point. I hadn't fried my brain yet, so I had a pretty good memory. And so I'm going through the entire weekend that we had together. Every message, nothing was said about that in any message. Where did he get that from? He he feels, and and he did that. He went back to the church he was in and apologized to them. He went back to his ex-wife and apologized to her. Apologized to his kids. And he's married to the woman that he left. So he apologized to her. Where did that come from? The Spirit guided him into truth. That's how it works. So here you are today. You're listening. I can almost guarantee you if we were to compare notes about what God spoke to you about today, it wouldn't be the same. Why? Because the Spirit will guide you In all truth that's how he works because it's what you need for right now because he thinks right now you can handle it right here's the other thing the spirit does look it's not just that he'll guide you into all truth look with me at verse 14 he does something else and i think this is so important he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit will glorify Jesus to us. The role of the Spirit in your life is so that you are constantly being in awe of who? Jesus. The goal of the Spirit is in his life he is working so that you continually are magnifying in your mind the one who saved you, the one who forgave you, the one who gave you new life. So that Jesus is continually magnified and glorified in your life. That's the role of the Spirit is to bring you to the point where you recognize how awesome God is. I'm, you know, so, so here I was just praying about something in the last two weeks. I really needed God to do something. I'm not going to tell you the details of that. That doesn't matter. I'm just going to tell you the result. The result was I prayed about it and I thought, man, I really need you to do this. The next day he took care of it. Boom, he took care of it. Here's what my response was. How awesome are you, Jesus. that you answered that prayer. And you didn't take long. Now, how did I get to that point? The Spirit magnified in my mind that it wasn't just a coincidence, it was God answering. It was Jesus. And that's what the Spirit does in our lives. He he, he will seek to glorify Christ. Now, here's the other thing. Verse 15, it kind of is connected together, and this is where we're going to end up. All things that the Father has are mine, and I said them that He will take of mine and declare it to you. The Spirit will reveal the reality of Jesus to us. The Spirit's role is to show us each and every day the things that God has given to Jesus which he has now given to the Spirit to show us so that we can see what? How real he is. Do you understand it is not because of your intellectual power that you understand that Jesus is real? It's because somebody showed him to you. And that someone who showed him to you wasn't your grandma, wasn't somebody, wasn't a preacher like me. Somebody who showed you the reality of Jesus is who? The helper, the spirit. And he continues to do that. Now, okay, so let's get back. Okay, so, okay, Jesus is saying... Beginning of 6, I'm I'm telling you these things because I'm going away. What does this have to do with Jesus going away? It's got everything to do with Jesus going away. Because the fact is, we're right here right now while he is with the Father. We're trying to live our lives right now in this world that isn't happy about what you believe. We're in this world right now where we're struggling to understand why he's away why we are facing the things that we're facing. And he's saying to us, look, I am going away, but it's to your advantage I'm going away. Here's your advantage. You're going to have the Spirit. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to show you the reality of me every day. And he's going to glorify me in your life. He's going to be with you. Just telling you to what? Hang on. Just hang on. Just hang on. Yes, I know life is tough, but you hang on. And that's what we need to do, right, folks? Hang on, right? Let me pray for you.